0: Official communique to Sector 3 Governor, Denton Young, Year 264, Month 7, Summer.
1: Governor Young... As you know, the heretics have struck again, this time at the very heart of Gov. Literally. The entire world is now as dim as are your prospects, Denton. Your purge failed? Your hunt failed. You failed. You're a failure. Your swift work in rebuilding Town 3-7 and increasing productivity in City 3 factories does not outweigh your seeming inability to deal with, or even notice, dangerous heretics within your borders. You have one final opportunity to preserve your reputation and your life. The majority of the five New Sunfalls landed outside of our Domain. One is a week into the wastelands southwest of Sector 3. Retrieve it, and you will only be demoted. Fail, and you will be destroyed. I would implore you not to disappoint us again, but it seems that disappointing us is your only skill of note. I look forward to watching you fall, but we will settle for being pleasantly surprised at your mediocrity. Doyle in Gov's light. Sun Minister De Winton, left hand of the Church of Gov.
0: Welcome to Splinters of a Broken Sun, an actual play. Fod- no, it's not a podcast. It's not a podcast, Matt.
2: <laughs> FOD?
0: Is it too late to change to the podcast format? Maybe a little bit too late. Uh, oh, but-, but
2: then we'll have to buy the soft- special software to put it in the right extensions.
0: Yeah, or even we could even try a VODcast, but I don't know that we have the audience numbers for that yet. So, anyway, this is a podcast. It's the kind of cast that's on a pod. And uh, we're using the Fate Core system to roleplay our original fantasy sci fi adventure. Uh, in this endeavor, I am joined by four intrepid adventurers, including Keekers.
2: Yes, I am Keekers, uh, also known as Be a Space Cat on Twitter. Um, and I also play your lovely pilot, Keva Jarma, the vision of goat and parenthood that uh, we all aspire to be, I hope.
0: And also on the ship with Keva is uh, the singing chemist. Hi, yes, I'm Jason, the singing chemist, and I play Zonin
3: Chan, the intrepid hat maker, who uh, just loves headgear, except the braces kind, because that made high school very awkward for the both of us.
0: They are joined on their ship, of course, by uh, two people who survived the attack on the Oasis. And I'm sure we'll see how things are going for them. But way back on the hub, on the other end of wherever they are, we have, let's see, OG Brown Sugar. Hello, everyone. I'm OG Brown Sugar, and I play uh, the mother of spiders, Maeve Santis. You certainly do. And also in the hub, we have uh, Michael Blood.
4: Hi, everybody. My name is
0: Mike Blood. I
5: play Emron Pak. And uh, he is known as the puncher of religious extremists. Okay,
0: we'll put that into your title. Now, we have got our party still a little bit split at this point after a tumultuous chapter seven in which the two were separated by chance and fate and just general meanness. So we're going to open up in the hub with Maeve and Emren, who recently returned from their adventures back through the mall, pursued by the evangelical order. And in fact, the seeker himself, Quanjoy. Little did they know, he has obtained a sample of Emran's blood. They were able to flee back through the uh, transportation system, using that blood to anoint the children and caretakers uh, with whom they were escaping, and that brought them back to the hub. Once there... They uh, got Mandukai and Emran into treatment in Maeve's medical bay, much needed after Emran's exertions caused him to be quite physically traumatized, and Mandukai's battle with the auditors caused her to lose a great deal of blood and general strength. Meaning that Maeve is, uh, perhaps ironically, the healthiest and strongest person in this side of the room.
4: I did take an arrow to the Nido, so...
0: Yeah, that didn't help. But at least it was just the one knee. All right, so when we left off, you were speaking with Hub, and Hub had mentioned that something was going on with Deg. In fact, they said, we have to talk about Deg. And you also had noticed, perhaps, when you arrived in the Hub, that there were plants growing where plants should not be. And as you are standing here in the uh, medical center, slash your study, or whatever you call it, you see a new uh, growth pushing its way between two panels on the wall it's growing as you watch and from the end of it unfurls a red bud that bud opens and in the middle of it where you would normally expect to see say a pistol is an eyeball
2: okay we've gone sorry i know i'm not here right now but we've gone full madame pompadour the ship from doctor who here
0: uh the eye flower sort of swivels back and forth like a sunflower seeking the sun. Uh, but rather than the sun, it lands on you, Maeve, and blinks twice.
5: I'm, I'm seeing this right, right? That's an eyeball inside
0: of a flower.
4: I'm going to blink twice back at it. Uh,
0: another shoot pushes through slightly below that one. And uh, after a few moments, this one uh, begins to open up uh, a flower that is sort of like a Venus flytrap look, but still uh, also kind of a rose and it appears to be a mouth attempting to say something, but it can't speak for some reason. It's just making dry uh, noises of petals or plants rubbing against each other.
4: Extremely fascinated, but very uncomfortable.
5: Emman just like slowly rocks back and forth on his feet or um, in the bed because uh, he really doesn't know how to process that.
0: It's worth noting that both you and Mandukai are too large for the beds that are in this room. So your, feet are, your feet are sort of dangling over the edge, uh, over the bottom edge. Uh, Hub is standing there as well in all of their uh, Technicolor glory. And they're like, yeah, this, this is what, this is what I meant. This just keeps happening all over the station. Has Deg managed to communicate at all? Not really, but I think I know where he's gone. At least his main body? Probably the water, no? Uh, well, look, before we can say, and then Hub stops and flickers and then goes out.
5: Okay. Maeve, I think there is a large, either a large tendril or the entire mass has breached um, hub servers or whatever they're called.
4: That would make sense. I will try to communicate by saying uh, one blink for yes, two for no. Do you understand?
0: It blinks once. Are you deg? It blinks once and then it pauses and it blinks twice, pauses and then blinks once again.
5: Okay. Okay, that's definitely dead.
0: Can you lead us to where you are? It uh, blinks once, and then the mouth part uh, sort of withers and falls off. It dries up as you are watching, as if it were under the desert sun, and then just sort of crumbles to dust. And the eyeball looks towards the door leading out into the hallway to the rest of the shops here in the west side of the hub. Emran looks
5: over at Mandukai and says to Mave, I think she'll be okay but I'm not going to be much help unless we have some sort of wheelchair. Uh,
0: there are, of course, Mandakai is uh, not alone, and someone comes in following uh, those lights that light up on the ground. The lights are intermittent and flickering, but the person who has come in uh, is uh, Maeve and Emrin. You would recognize them, of course. Uh, sorry, you would recognize her. She is the uh, caretaker who escaped with you, uh, Jasta Hong, whose heart builds futures. She walks in and is just sort of looking around in bewilderment. Uh, the ghost was talking to me and as they were telling me I should come over here, uh, disappeared. So I've just, I just followed the lights. I'm here now.
4: Thank you for coming. We're trying to sort that out now. Could you stay with Mandukai for a
0: while? Yeah, of course. The the children are, well, they're, I I guess playing is the best word for it, but we're trying to keep them occupied. Uh, Many of the lights have
4: gone out. So I'll
0: stay here and uh, maybe you can go and get that fixed.
4: That's the plan.
5: Maeve, could you help me get into a wheelchair?
4: Do we have wheelchairs? I was just going to have him ride on bugs.
5: Um, I'm 100% fine with riding bugs, though.
0: There's probably like an Xavier-style hover chair around somewhere, but uh, you may or may not know how it works yet. So a bug may be a better choice.
5: Bring to me the spider hunter. I shall ride him.
0: I'll bring Chitter,
5: since
4: I assume he's still cooped up.
0: Uh, He's not. He's not where you left him. That pen is empty.
4: My sweet baby boy. Like somebody opened it or something broke it?
0: It looks like it has, you know, the, the door is intact. So presumably somebody opened it and then closed it again. Um, I look over at the eye
5: stalk and say, "Deg, did you let out the centipede? It blinks once. I see. Is looks, there a good reason for that?
0: It blinks once and then sort of swivels back to look at the hallway again. Are you well, okay. dangerous? It blinks once and then a pause and it blinks twice.
5: Emran just sort of nods grimly over at Maeve, has a familiar look in his eye.
4: I guess I'll summon just a big ant or two to carry Emran. Okay. Some large ants appear. You're in the hub.
0: This is your place of power. So the ants appear to your call. Uh, They crawl out from the hallway in there. There's two of them. And they uh, sort of, I guess, Emran, you kind of roll onto them or...
5: Yeah, I guess I just sort of heave myself and, like, straddling probably won't feel good because my knees are ruined.
0: Yeah, I guess you're you're sort of uh-huh. lying on them. And... Can we yeah, put
4: them on the of... stretcher Mandukai within?
0: You could use that if you want.
4: I'll take it. Yeah, we'll just MacGyver it onto the ants, I guess.
0: Okay. Uh, the ants have no trouble pulling it. Uh, even one ant would be enough, but with the two, that's that's plenty. Uh, these ants are about the size of, like, a St. Bernard, and they are, Jesus. like, shiny black, l- large worker ants. So they pull the out into the hallway. And as you're there, there's another eye flower that's grown and it is pointing uh, to the uh, pointing back towards the central area, back towards the food court.
4: Actually, I'm still hobbling because I got knee. I guess I'll just summon another ant for me.
0: OK, so you get on the back of an ant and you're riding the ant. It's an answer marching.
5: One by two. hurrah. I
4: mean, I'll continue to follow the eyeball, but I think I want to reach out to the Evan Dowager and see if she knows anything about what's going on currently.
0: She's around and uh, not particularly thrilled that you're here, but you already reminded her of your presence last time when you first got back. And um, it's difficult for her to communicate specifics with you, but she is sort of communicating um, not necessarily danger, but disruption, the type of thing that she does not like. A disturbance in the force. Something has upset the weave. Back in the uh, food court... You find more of the eye flowers looking in the direction they want you to go. And it's just leading you up uh, back to the main floor and then up some more stairs. And we'll just sort of montage you following these eyes. So you make it up to the upper floor. Oops, I better make them invisible. Okay. And up on the upper floor, the eyeballs lead you towards one of the sets of doors that has until now been blocked. Uh, down to the south, the south door. You go down to the south door and you find that has been sort of overgrown with vines to the point that the vines have burst the locked door, uh, sort of the ruined door. It's not that it was locked, it's that the door wouldn't open. The door has been burst open uh, so that you can pass through it. It won't be comfortable for Emrin because it's you're going over bumpy roots and vines and stuff, but you can get into this uh, previously walled off area and at the end of that, you find there is uh, an elevator. At Emrin reflexively shudders. Yes, it's not the not the best place for your mental state to see that at the moment. But this elevator is uh, clearly not in order. There is, however, an eye flower that is pointing you to the left, where you see that there is a set of stairs with ramps um, that will lead you up as well.
5: Maeve. Yes? As soon as we get hub online, we should activate that beacon. So we can get the ship home. Exactly. Just wanted to keep my priorities straight.
0: I'm a bit
4: bewildered. Of course. This might be a bumpy ride. Do you want to go through it?
0: Absolutely. Okay. So the ants uh, bear Mave and pull Emrin and they make their way up these sort of darkened ramps. You can hear the sound of like water dripping in the distance. There are no lights on here. It, it's pretty dark, but eventually the ramp Goes It goes back and forth, back and forth. These switchbacks alongside the stairs. And you feel like you're going up maybe like four or five stories by the time you get to this opening. And the opening leads you up into what appears to be the night sky outside. What's strange, though, is that it's not nighttime. And as you are reaching the top, a sound reaches you. It's like a distant rumble. Um, it's like, you know, when there's a thunderstorm and you can see a flash of light, and then you can count and see how long it is until you hear the thunder. Yeah. It's that kind of distant sound as if there had been a lightning strike at some point uh, that was quite far away. Sound reaches you, and you realize, looking up into the sky, that the moons are not out. It should be daytime. Eamon blinks, not that anyone could see it, but just intakes a very sharp breath. It's almost pitch black out here. Without the moons or the sun, there are no sources of light whatsoever.
5: Maeve, do you remember destroying the sun? I don't. It
4: wasn't me this time. Are there fireflies in the hub?
0: As you start speaking, there is a soft glow that begins to grow around you. And as you look, you see that there is a luminescent, bioluminescent fungus that is pushing up out of the ground around you. Because it is indeed earth under your feet up here. There's grass. There's dirt.
5: There's atmosphere.
0: That too. And the fungus is sort of leading you. It should be on the first new map here. Do I see Chitter? Uh, You do. Chitter is, someone has set up a pair of paddocks up here. And the one on the western side, the left side of the ramp that you came up, uh, has Chitter in it. And Chitter's just sort of curled up in a ball there.
5: There's our sweet baby boy.
0: You can also see uh, on the east, in the eastern paddock, there are the four goats that you brought. Apparently they've made their way up here somehow, but there they are. Those four goats in the eastern paddock and Chitter in the western paddock.
5: Is there an ice dog nearby that I can see?
0: One appears as you come to the edge of Chitter's paddock. It sort of turns towards you as if it had been there grown already. This one's larger than the rest. Uh, But as you are not standing there, as you're in the trevois, I guess, there, it just sort of shrinks back into the ground. And you see beneath you, not directly beneath you, but uh, just like a few feet to the north, is a huge orange mushroom cap. And the mushroom cap begins to sort of shake and jiggle. And then it rises up into the sky. And what you may have thought it was just a large mushroom, turns towards you and is in fact a person made of mushroom. And it raises a large four fingered hand and waves at you, and a mouth opens in the stalk below the orange hat and says, Hello. Oh my God, it's the best friend of the overlord for, for the fellowship.
2: <laughs> Thank God I wasn't the only one that, that was like Caesar
0: <laughs> is Hello, it's me, Dag. I don't have my accent anymore because I'm a mushroom. That makes sense. Dude. Different vocal
5: cords, of course, yeah, science.
4: Maeve? Uh, I'll just saunter over, trying to, like, process whether or not I'd like another hive mind in the hub. Dig waves at you as well. Hello, Maeve. I've missed you. I've missed all of you. You look well.
0: I, you know, I look like, uh, I look like a big darn mushroom, but I've had worse, I suppose. That's true. This is very strange for me, too, but over the past few days, uh, this just happened. I lay down up here one night... And and when I woke up, this was my body. But this level of growth over just, what, three days? Yeah. There was some grass up here when I first came up, but uh, it's it's really filled
4: out. You don't say. Can you control it?
0: Not really. It, I'm... I'm trying to, I'm starting to figure it out, but for the most part, it's just, it's kind of, it's, it's a little wild. I'm having a tough time with it. Stuff grows when I don't want it to and won't grow when I want it to, and I'm just trying to get a handle on it, you know? You must know what that's like.
5: Maeve and I have been trying to get pretty good at helping the others control their powers. I
0: think I'm going to try and just stay up here as much as I can, but uh, Dag sort of gestures uh, to the east says the the sun is gone yeah we noticed that too it wasn't me well I, I saw it blow up but it was after you got here it, it blew up blow up it blew up there was an explosion the entire Sun well I don't know I just saw an explosion and well you heard the sound of it a few seconds ago also uh this is this is really weird but just just look straight up for me will you
5: Cameronron looks straight up
0: I too will acquiesce. uh you see the ground can you run that by me again Matt it's where the sky should be, there's ground. So, like a halo type situation. You you might feel that way, or you might feel that wherever you are is upside down from where you were normally. Deg, there's no sky. Well, I think, well, bear with me here. I I don't think there ever really was a sky. I know we saw one, but I I don't think it was real. Yeah, I've been having a lot of that happen. Is anything real? Well, Deg sort of bends down and puts his hand on the ground and uh, more sort of. Uh, mycelial tendrils spread from his hand into the earth this feels real what does that feel like really weird you know like uh when your hand falls asleep and then it's waking back up again yeah it's kind of like that except instead of only feeling pins and needles you feel that and also everything that the rest of you is touching
5: i've experienced a similar sensation wow
0: we're going through some stuff eh
5: yeah Deg, do you feel pain if someone touches the
0: other plants It's not really pain that I feel. It's more like, mm, it's hard to say, like getting a a really good spa day. That kind of feeling where you know it's not necessarily going to hurt, but it doesn't feel pleasant until it's over. That abrasive feeling, I guess. I gave it a try, like he gestures over and you see some of the goats are munching on some grass. That feels kind of like, you know, getting a What do you call it? When they rub the stuff on your skin and it's like sandpaper. Foliating? Yeah, it feels kind of like that. Are you aware that you might have grown into the hub's, well, hub, its brain? Oh, I hope not. I've been trying not to, but let me, let me see what I can, what I can do. Now that you're up here, I can pull back some of the, you know, there's a bunch of people down there. Yeah, we uh, kind of came with
4: us. That's stuff going on.
0: Seems like a loss for what to do or say. Okay, hold on. And Dag uh, sort of turns away and sinks back into the ground until you can only see the mushroom cap again. Uh, and he he's sort of going to remain this way for several minutes. So if the two of you have stuff you want to talk about or experience together, now might be the time for it. Cameron
5: just sort of looks over to where Maeve, Maeve is.
4: Well, we have agriculture back.
5: That's something. And pruning doesn't feel like mutilation. So that's... That's a plus for his new existence.
4: That is trippy. Also, maybe not the best time, but I don't have the greatest bedside manner. Um, you know how we thought Hector was dead? Emran just like stops breathing. He he wasn't, but now he is, like for real, real, not for play play. Mandukai gave me a note before it, or actually I took the note from her before she passed out. Uh, apparently they have some elite narcs hunting us, and they um they did him in.
5: Emran just Kind of rolls over in the Travois and stops looking at her.
0: Deg rises back up out of the ground and turns around, dusting off his hand, and says, "Well, that should do it. I uh, I pulled back all the all the plants I could find down there, the ones that attached to me anyway. And uh, you don't look, you don't look happy. What's happened? Did I do something? Did I do
4: something weird?" No, you're fine. i uh, just. I'm just a kidding. Lot of course, I did something weird.
0: I'm a mushroom. He winks, uh, but then he sort of goes and kneels down. Oh, can you still hear me? Yep, still yep. got you. Okay, he goes and he kneels down next to um, Emrin and puts a fungus hand on your shoulder. He says, "Hey, mate, what's going on?"
4: Talk to him. I guarantee you, the mushroom man has a better bedside manner than I do.
5: Prince scoffs. Uh, I, I think I'm the only person to lose my father
0: three times. Oh no, Hector! Yeah, they finally got him. Well, he sort of uh, goes to pull you into a hug. It's uh, it's kind of nice. I, I give the mushroom man a, a, like a weird hug. Yeah, is he spongy? It's like hugging a big uh, memory foam pillow.
5: Yeah, I would, I would imagine that's like like weird. That's really weird, man. <laughs>
2: it sounds. Oh, sorry. It sounds like the best hug ever to me. Being a person that's not extremely. Fond of hugs. Uh,
0: he's uh, As he gives you a hug and sort of pats you on the top of the head, he says, Look, we all know Hector. If they got him, it was because he was doing something worth getting got for, you know? That's true. And I guess he saved Lean. There you go. He must have thought him. that was important. Yeah. I and just he, wish people would stop dying on me. Hey, I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah. And he steps back. Speaking of which, I heard you saying something about a beacon. Would you happen to know where that is? I... I'm not sure, but uh, follow me. And he sort of starts walking over uh, to the north. And as he's walking, you sort of notice that he's making the motions of walking, but the roots of his feet are never actually coming out of the ground. So he's he's not really walking. He's more gliding, but he looks like he's walking, as long as you aren't paying too much attention.
4: I am furiously taking notes.
2: What about his stilts?
0: <laughs> well, uh, as he's walking along, he gets to... Uh, a sort of a tower that you see here where I'm clicking. That's where it would be, except I forgot to put one there. And he sort of uh, goes up as if he were extending his legs. They just keep going up until he reaches the top of that tower there. It's about uh, fifteen feet high. and he's sort of poking at the top of it and like, yeah, I think uh, I think this might be it. It looks kind of like a lighthouse. Uh, I mean, I've only seen lighthouses in in the picture books from the northern sectors, but that's what it reminds me of. So maybe Cameron, there's something here. Emmett starts nodding and reaches
5: out to the uh, the tower and touches it to see if there's SGM in there.
0: Oh, it's full of it. Uh, you can feel it, and it is sort of a there's a whole network in there that you would now recognize as being uh, sort of an electronics, and some of it is maybe corroded or something like that, and it looks like There are some connections that should be connected but aren't. You also don't sense any power coming through it right now.
5: Okay, so I want to do two things, if possible.
0: Mm -hmm. One, I want to
5: feel out for where the the power blockage might be occurring. And two, as far as getting the device itself to work, I want to see if I can jury-rig or bypass any of the connections that would need to happen for at least just like a like maybe a to get it to run for at least a few seconds, so the ship can pick up the signal.
0: Okay, so you can see that there is definitely an issue. Some of the some of the connections in there need to be reconnected. Uh, as to the power blockage. Part of it seems to be that there's no power making it this far up to the hub it seems like the hub is in some sort of low power mode and as you as you are sort of tracing those connections back down towards the generators that you remember from the uh, sub-basement you can see that it's not because of deg's plants those did not cause this issue it's because there are some panels somewhere that were feeding lots of power in here and are no longer doing so. Would someone have had to manually mess with those? No, uh, it seems like whatever whatever was feeding those panels power is no longer doing so. You can see there's some residual heat in those panels as if it were a fairly recent change.
2: Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I hope I didn't kill Hub.
5: So can you remind me what you said again as far as the connections within the device itself?
0: It's basically there's some broken wiring that you're going to need to fix. Okay, but I can do that from this location? You can do, do that from replacements. Here. You could do that from here. It's possible you could even just make it grow a bit, but you'd have to make a roll for that. It's similar to what you were attempting to do with the amp back at the Oasis. Slightly larger scale, though, here.
5: I mean, I I could make a crafts roll to see if I can make that happen,
0: or a will. Um, Okay, let's start with a will roll here to see if you can sort of grasp these broken connections with your mind. All right, Uh, let's see if Emrin has fried his brain
5: too much. Can
4: I help at all with will rolls?
0: Yeah, I think you can help with will rolls, offer advice... Encouragement. Focus your psychic power through me. That's a plus one, right? What's Mave doing or saying to offer this kind of support?
4: I coach him through breathing through his diaphragm,
0: which is still fairly painful from the broken ribs. Got a few
5: floaters down there. It's it's not great. Okay, give it a roll. I just want to be sure. It's a it's a plus one modifier from the help, right? Yes. Perfect.
0: Okay, so you're able to reach in there and sort of you're imagining that it's your hands taking a hold of these severed connections, and you're able to grasp them in your mental hands with your your roll of three there. And now you just have to weave them together or encourage them to reconnect through these, uh, like reroute them, basically.
5: If I were to bump uh, my three to a five with an aspect, would that that change that outcome or do I need to make another roll? It's a craft's roll that you have to do here. Sure. sure can do. Emrin, uh turns over to Maeve with, with one hand, um, like grasping like a fixture on the, the device. He says, I'm going to try and get this fixed. Uh, but whether I do or not, we're going to have to head into the basement
0: to see about the power supply. Something's very wrong. Gotcha.
4: And can I help with crafting
0: at all? Not with crafting. This is... Because this is inside his head, basically. Okay.
5: How about another three, Matt?
0: It's a three. Nice. That's, uh, that's... Yeah, that's a good roll. And you are able to find new routes to move the undamaged connections through. And uh, now, as far as you can tell, this will work, at least temporarily, once there's some power getting up there.
5: Emin, um like, wipes some blood away from his nose. He looks over at Maeve. He's like, I think I've... Uh,
0: uh, I think
5: I've got it connected up here. I just to go see about the, the power.
0: No. Okay. Ho- hold on. Hold on. Degg says, lowering back down. I think, I think I've think i got an idea. Can you, uh, is, it, is it wires or something in there? Yeah, plenty of them. Can you sort of pull one out? Uh, would it be easy for me to do that? Yeah, you can do that. You're already in just there. It's a, no problem.
5: Yeah, just one of the ancillary ones that I'm not using. I just like will it out of the device towards Degg.
0: Degg sort of takes it and he's looking at it. And he sort of, he seems to be sort of like psyching himself up for something. And he says, ah, well, here goes nothing. And he stabs it into his abdomen, like right into his sternum there. And there's a sort of a sudden, he goes into like a T pose, basically. His hands rip away from the wire as soon as it is uh, penetrated into him. And his head is tilted back, looking straight up. And you see just for a few moments, a bright light shines at the top of this tower, and then you hear a crackling noise, and Deg is sort of flung back away from the wire with a black smoking hole in his chest. And he's not really, like, flung back, but his body goes backwards, and his legs stretch out to accommodate that, and his body sort of softly impacts the ground uh, about 10 feet behind where he was. But the beacon was on, at least for a few seconds, and we're going to switch over to the ship. Yeah, <laughs> All right, we're on the ship. Keva, you are piloting it. And Zonin, you are in the navigator's chair to the right of Keva. And to the left of Keva, there's another chair as well with a terminal of some sort in front of it. And Jolly is sitting in the chair there, uh, acting as if she's doing something. But actually, she's just sitting there.
2: Actually, Keva has finally taken what's probably like like smashed at this point uh, food that she had stored in her pockets from the meal they had a few hours ago and has fed some to Jolly. But she has like a now slightly bruised apple in her other hand and she's kind of eating it a bit smugly having done a somewhat happy with herself feeling.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, Okay, so the ship is flying and we are picking up from where we left off. The beacon uh, is intercepted by uh, Zonin's station over there on the right and you get the notification and the ship suddenly feels much more relaxed because it has a destination. And the ship sort of uh, is asking you, Keva, if it's okay to go there.
2: Um, Keva's going to say, yes. Yes, it is.
0: You feel sort of like a tugging on your mind uh, as if it is trying to... Have you ever ridden a horse?
2: Um, I have not. Okay. Uh, once as a child, but it was just like, you know, you sit on the horse and they lead you around the paddock.
0: Okay. Or it's like, I guess, sort of similar to walking a dog or something as well, where they sort of start tugging when they want to be let free.
2: Yes. I don't know what that's like.
0: Uh, so do you release the ship?
2: I, I, uh, she will.
0: Okay. The ship is sort of released from your control and you become sort of a, a passenger again as the ship banks and its engines, which were until now sort of running at a cruising speed, really spool up to their full power and it like rockets off in the direction of the beacon, which has now gone out. Uh, But the ship seems to have calculated where it is and be heading that way and zone it on the map. You can see where it is heading Uh, there. There isn't anything there on your map of the world as you know it, but the map of the old world that's on the uh, hollow screen here shows something with a symbol next to it that you recognize as being hub. Uh, You hear some shouting from the back, just surprise shouting, not like, well, some groaning, but mostly surprise shouting from uh, Constance.
2: Everything okay back there? You could have warned us. Sorry, it's kind of like a dog. It was excited.
0: Constance uh, doesn't reply and no, we cannot hear you, Jason. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, this again. All right, uh, so the ship is now heading directly towards the hub and Constance is still back there working on Karis. Keva, you are just kind of watching. You can see the terrain stretching out before you. Uh, You're flying over the desert. As you are flying, you fly past. Uh, You seem to be heading west as far as you can tell. You fly past one of the impact points from one of those five splinters that came off the sun when you threw the auditor into it and it exploded. And you see that there's like a mushroom cloud that's rising up from it that is shot through with neon colors, blue and pink and yellow. And uh, you can't see much more beyond that because there is a, a raging sandstorm that is rising up from where that struck the ground.
2: Okay. It's not see. Secretly, the hunger is it?
0: I don't know. It's definitely a mushroom cloud, as if the impact had been uh, devastating, which you had always been told that the uh, that they were.
2: Yeah. Um. I don't know. Pardon splinter. Hmm. Nostalgic, but also, should we maybe? Hmm.
0: It's not. It would be a battle to get that. Uh, to get the ship to go there when it's got the hub in its head now.
2: I guess she's gonna just be like. Uh, can't do anything about it and kind of like look at zone in, but zone in is kind of busy with furor And also, I don't know uh, me. Maybe...
0: Am I here? You're here. Huzzah. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm ready. Okay. The ship has banked and is heading directly towards the hub at top speed. You are flying past. Uh, you can see out the, out the viewport. You're flying past one of these splinter impact points. And you can see that there's a big neon mushroom cloud that has arisen from that point. But the ship does not seem interested in going there when it knows where the hub is now.
2: It's going to be like, uh, so Zonin. I mean, do you want to touch it?
3: Uh, you know, maybe we'll save that for another time.
0: All right. So the ship races towards the hub. Time passes, but not too much time because this ship is really moving at a, a clip that is... For you inside, not really feeling the acceleration of the speed it's difficult to reconcile the speed at which you see the landscape passing outside with what you're experiencing here in your seat, which is very little pressure, almost none.
2: Yes. Were we to stop suddenly, though, we would feel the velocity catch up with us. Body. I think we're
0: going so fast, we're suffering from time dilation. (laughs) It seems to be. So, yes, uh, it's possible that if you stopped, you would suddenly feel all of that uh, inertia, but it's hard to say.
3: Oh, I want to go make sure that uh, Karis is strapped in tightly then.
0: Okay. Uh, You head back out of the bridge into the passenger area, and you see that Karis is still lying on one of the passenger benches. They appear to have been strapped to it, and Constance is tending to them. They are unconscious, Karis. Okay.
3: Is Constance strapped in or is, are they just tending to Keras?
0: She is just standing there. Uh, she's not like, doesn't seem to be in any danger of falling over. Like uh, I mentioned earlier, you can't really feel the, the momentum. You can't really feel the G-forces in here. And she's sort of, as she's tending to Keras, she's occasionally glancing out one of the, there's a, a viewport to the side here on the side that doesn't have a tarp on it. And, uh, She's sort of occasionally glancing at that, and she looks over at you as you come in. What? What is this? What's going
3: on? We're trying to reconnect with with our people, but we're going really fast, and I just I want to make sure that everyone back here is safe and strapped in, because uh, when we stop, we're going to stop real hard.
0: Should I sit down?
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, take any of these seats you see, and there should be some restraints for you to tie yourself into.
0: All right, and she sort of uh, reluctantly moves over to sit on one of the benches next to where uh, Karis is lying down, and she looks around and does find some straps to strap herself in. It's okay, uh, hopefully it won't be too long. I do still need to work on Karis.
3: Absolutely. Can I do a cursory kind of, I mean, I'm not a medical professional, but just kind of see how Karis is doing?
0: Not well. You've seen people on Death's doorstep before, and this is one of them
3: okay um
0: does Karis have a pillow <laughs> no
3: okay i'd like to quickly craft a pillow um to to ease their um, discomfort
0: okay what do you make a pillow out of
3: oh uh some of the same kind of tarp canvas material um that was left over and then some uh leftover scraps of fabric i have from hat making so i'll tuck it into the the canvas and and make just a little bit of a soft pillow there
0: okay you do that and you slip it under karis's head and they look more comfortable
3: Hmm, nice i'll make my way back to the bridge then and uh, strap myself into the console
0: on the map you can see that the uh the solid green light on the map is rapidly drawing closer and closer to the blinking blue light The blinking blue light you into it is you so a green light presumably the hub
3: okay i look at keva and say i think we're close
2: yeah, it, it looks like it. Um,
0: <sighs> What's strange is that you don't actually see anything. You just see the night sky above you, which is pitch black, except where the ship's lights are illuminating it. Um, but as you get closer and closer, your ship starts to go up, like on an angle heading up towards higher in the sky. And as that happens, a strange thing occurs. You see the sky, what you can see of it in this darkness, get closer and closer, and then uh, it's gone. And you see where the sky was in the distance, more ground.
3: Are you seeing what Uh I'm seeing?
2: Yeah, Uh, what?
0: Did we just turn back toward the ground?
2: I, I don't know. And ask the ship?
0: Yeah, you can ask the ship if you'd like. What do you try and ask the ship?
2: what just happened? Like, why is the sky like now the ground or whatever?
0: The ship doesn't fully understand what you're asking it, but it sort of um, puts a different picture up on your display. And the image that you see is now below the ship, and below the ship is the sky, but it looks a little bit different. And the ground you see above you looks a little bit different from the ground that you were flying over before. Quick out-of-character question for you.
3: Yep. Um, Would Zonin have ever played the game Terranigma
0: for Super Nintendo? Probably not. I see. Then he has no idea what's going on. Uh, The ship does a bit of a a half roll so that its belly is now facing the ground again, and its top is now facing the sky. And it uh, is approaching what you now see is uh, sort of a, a mass coming out of the darkness that is near where you are in the sky now, which is sort of where you were in the sky before, it's sort of like in a halfway point between the ground you saw before and the ground you're seeing now is this large mass that's not very well illuminated because the sun is gone. But you see below, there is a, a tower of some sort and three faintly glowing round pads. Well, round clearings on the ground you can see a few figures down there below as the ship comes in and circles and circles and starts slowing down uh to fly down and as far as you can tell uh, apparently land on one of these circular clearings
2: oh okay so i guess this is the surface of hub that hub mansion i hope it seems
0: to
3: be. Are we in the sky? I'm very confused by all of this.
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, like, everyone knows that the domain is flat. I just trying. I really can't wrap my head around this.
0: The ship's engines turn downwards now that it's nearly at a stop so that the engines are pointing at the ground, which was in the sky, but also not the other ground. And it slowly comes in, and just before... The engines touch the ground. They flip back up again, and the ship touches down pretty lightly on one of these circular clearings.
2: Kev is going to, uh, like, speak, like, good job, ship. Good job. Thank you very much.
0: The ship seems pleased and also relieved.
3: I run back to uh, check on Constance and Karis.
0: You hear a hissing noise as the ramp at the back starts to lower as well. Revealing
3: hundreds of snakes.
0: Lots of snakes there. Uh, Constance has already gotten out of her seat as soon as she saw from the viewport that she was on the ground and she is back to uh, Karis. She's wiping some more new blood off of him and uh, is looking concerned.
3: Well, Constance, Karis, welcome to Hub in
0: the Sky. Keva, on the viewport, if you're still up there, you can see um, it looks like Emryn and Maeve next to this tower. <laughs>
2: um... Normally, if they hadn't been so separated, she would also go check on them. But she's going to like, oh, gosh, wait, she's about to dash out um, and and try to get to them. But then she realizes, hold on a second. And then she goes back and um, tries to take like the drawer out that Furore was hiding in because Foror is going to miss the sand. You know, that's the natural habitat of the golden mole.
0: Right. And
2: Uh, she's going to...
0: It's difficult to try and... I mean, you can't really pull the drawer all the way out. It's attached to the console, but you could maybe remove the sand from it if you had something to put it in. Um, While that's happening, Emrin and Maeve, Deg is... It's been about five minutes since the beacon went off. Uh, Deg is still lying there with the, the sort of the smoldering hole in his chest, but you see that familiar chicken ship, fly into the sky at astonishing speed, then circle and slowly make its way down to the ground, and the ramp begins to open. What are you two up to?
4: I will check on Dag. Yeah, Emmon
0: also rushes over. On his trevoir.
5: Amren will will the ants to rush him over.
4: <laughs> I just have them follow me like a convoy.
0: Okay, the ants follow you over. Deg is lying on the ground. His sort of, he had these eye... Holes, slits, they are closed. Uh, There's no evidence of the mouth that was there before. And uh, he's not moving. There's no sign of breathing, but it is difficult to say
4: whether or not that's a problem.
5: Chest wounds are bad enough to treat, but how do I even sew this
4: back together? I refuse to believe a fungus warlock can be felled so quickly, and I'll just poke him a couple of times. Uh,
0: Your your finger sinks into his side, uh, and then the flesh of it sort of slowly springs back out, which you would probably take as a sign that this particular fungus is not dead or dried out or rotting yet. But it's possible that you will need to treat this patient more as a mushroom than as a man. And uh, there are certain conditions that help mushrooms grow. So I know So of he's of a
2: mushroom of a man? He's a mushroom of a man?
0: Indeed.
5: Should we bury him? Cameron is running his hands through his... He's really just like, has... Um, his left hand just on his forehead, he has no idea how to proceed.
4: Since I assumed they went back to rescue more people on the chicken ship, and after seeing Deck like this, I'm just going to assume that I have a lot of patients. So I'm going to start calling more ants, because this is just turning into general hospital here. Okay, uh,
0: you can feel them approaching. Uh, Zonin and Keva, you can see that Emrin and Maeve are huddled around something on the ground.
2: Um, since the drawer plan didn't pan out, Kevin's now like, oh, whatever, I'll get the sand later, and kind of runs out and is like, Hey. All
0: right, that happens. You can hear that. Everyone can hear that.
2: Mave, Emran, how are you? And then Kev kind of like realizes like she looks at them and she's like, No. And she kind of runs over and is like checking them, like kind of inspecting them.
0: Yeah, they're uh, Emran in particular is in terrible shape it's a miracle that he's conscious and even as mobile as he is right now in a uh, a travois mave has had an injury and appears to be riding an ant rather than walking because of it and they're sort of gathered around a mushroom in the shape of a person
2: keva kind of like tries to like pull them in for a group hug as much as she can
0: zonan are you coming out as well or are you hanging out in there with the other two
3: well i want to i want to get um karis like prep to come out because i mean his situation is is also dire and we've got to get them to help.
0: constance is saying okay let's uh you can help me out. Uh, we can we can lift him up. I'll take the legs. You take you take the top, okay?
3: All right. I, I brace myself and, and get in position and gently lift.
0: Okay. Uh, she lifts as well, and you're able to carry Karis down the ramp, just kind of flopping between you. Karis is like dead weight at the moment, even though they are not dead yet, as far as you can tell. Uh, you bear them down the ramp out onto this strange surface that is like a grassy pasture and you can also see keva Emran, and maeve all in their various states of uh health gathered around the mushroom in the shape of a man
3: Emran, maeve it is great to see you uh karis is not in a in a good way but it looks like
5: what what happened to you two hi zonan Emran is just staring at the mushroom man hi
4: keva the usual happened also deg is a fungus warlock and it seems he's joining what? the legion of paper yeah he's oh. a mushroom
5: Deg. hello. Cool, Seems to have control over the biosphere. I think this beacon, he charged it with his own body. I don't think he's dead, though. He does look pretty dead, though.
4: Uh. Mushroom-wise, he's fine, but um, this will be an interesting patient. Also, um, we may need to scavenge the ship's battery because Hub just went offline
5: some sort of feedback uh, i think maybe running those old generators for as long as we did we needed more power couplings or something to control the flow i i don't understand it yet
0: some of the ants that you summoned to make their way up the ramp
5: also mave i don't want to put a strain on you but maybe you can get a burrowing beetle so we can get deg underground will that help the healing
4: probably i mean since i know a lot about mushrooms can i'm just i just gonna start cultivating him like he's a mushroom i suppose
0: yeah so you get him somewhere dark and uh, find the dampest area and uh, start sort of just covering his body with uh, with dirt. And that's what you're getting some of the ants to do, I guess. And uh, some of the others are probably going to try and... They they come up to Constance and Karis and Zonin, and uh, Constance, of course, screams, but manages not to drop Karis' legs. She's like, what is this?
4: They're fine. They're fine. They're just, put him on the ants.
0: I'm not putting him on a monster.
4: Don't worry about it, Constance. It's it's okay. Don't call Jeffrey a monster.
5: Jeffrey, and like um, Emery, is just like his focus is coming back, and the other ants won't harm you. Maeve has complete control over them.
2: It's like a bunch of goats, but they don't give milk.
0: She's just like shaking her head, but she's like, okay. I mean, uh, I'm trusting Karis' life. To you, you mentioned that there are some facilities here or something. She's saying as she puts uh, she puts them on the ant.
5: If you'll follow me, uh, Maeve, can you have these ones walk me back to the infirmary? I can try and help everyone get situated and then go to the... I'll come back up here to look at the ship's battery. Of course. Thank you.
2: I don't want to take the battery out. That might hurt it. Well, I mean, when I was hooked up to the ship, it's like a giant bird, like it's a living thing. I don't want it to be hurt, you know? Well,
5: maybe there's backup parts.
4: We could always replace the battery, but the issue is that we need Hub to run most of the systems, probably including the infirmary.
2: Yeah, I guess. I, I just... Could we do, like, maybe a power transfusion, like, with a blood transfusion?
5: That's an interesting idea, but I'd need some pretty serious cables. And I don't even know if they would interface.
2: Oh, I mean, I could help with that. Um, I kind of interfaced with Matt Damon on the ship, in the ship. I connected the two of them. It was weird, and I wouldn't want to do that again with Matt Damon, but I think doing that with the ship and with Hub wouldn't be bad. Maybe.
5: Either way, let's get these people down to the infirmary.
0: The ant that's burying Keras is already on its way down the ramp uh, with Constance in tow. She's not letting uh, them out of her sight. And uh, the other ants have gotten deg buried in the sort of warm, damp dirt near Chitter's paddock. There we go. So uh, we've got at least two able-bodied folks here uh, in terms of being in their usual level of health. So uh, Zonin and Keva, and of course, Jolly is uh, skipping around and checking out the goats in the other paddock, reuniting with them, seeing how they're doing.
2: Yeah. Is Jolly like think she's in charge of the other goats?
0: She absolutely thinks she's in charge. Yes.
2: Do the other goats like acknowledge this or Are they like whatever?
0: Uh, they just seem to be sort of patient with her. They're all older goats, whereas Jolly is still a very young goat. A kid, if you will.
2: Mm-hmm. Ha ha, ha 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 Sorry, it's actually funny. it's just a weird way of <laughs> laughing.
0: All right. Um, so we'll just fast forward a little bit uh, to everyone being down in the medical center, if that's OK. Totally. Yes, please. Please. Yep. OK, so there you are in the lower floor. I don't have a medical center map, but uh, there you go.
2: You know, I just realized, well, I realized a few minutes ago, but Keva did not get to see more, which is kind of horribly sad.
0: Sorry, I didn't get to see who?
2: Mandukai do her moon prism makeup.
0: Alas, no. Uh, But you do see Mandukai now. She is uh, on one of the beds and uh, she's looking alive uh, and unconscious. As uh, Karis is anted into the room, Mandukai stirs very slightly and you see one of her large fists clench and then unclench as we load Karis onto one of the beds next to her, I suppose. Uh, Constance looking at them and then looking at this room, she looks a little bit lost and she turns to Maeve and Emren as well. And she's like, uh, young man, you should be on one of these beds as well.
5: He looks over at her, says, I absolutely should. And uh, he he pats the, the ant on the rump to send it back to the uh, roof.
2: Kevin's going to like rush over and immediately try to help him into the bed.
5: So what's going on with that? Emrin. Um If you, like, put your hand on Emron, he, like, just, he places his massive hand over yours and says, I need to get a few things done before I pass out. I'm going to be okay, Keva.
2: Well, maybe you should rest first, and then you can take care of those things.
5: The thing is, he, he, like, leans in towards Keva. I don't know how urgently we need hub fixed.
2: I mean, I could probably take care of that.
0: As you are sure. all in the same room here together, uh, you briefly see uh, the flickering outline of hub appear and they are making a gesture towards what is maybe the sky but up towards where you came from and then they are sort of doing an x signal and then they flicker back out of existence uh
5: is there any particular hand sign that that might pertain to that we would recognize oh,
2: yeah
0: i mean don't or no don't. no up. No ceiling. No ceiling, yes.
5: There is no sky. Yeah, we know that, Hub.
0: Thanks for nothing, Hub.
5: Yeah, I'm sure you're not trying to describe anything useful. You're just telling us the
0: obvious. Uh, Maeve, one of your uh, screens on the wall lights up with a text
4: readout. I will read it to myself first.
0: All right, the readout says, basically, it's in very brief sentences. Apparently, this is even this is taxing on on Hub's reserves. Uh, but Hub is saying, wait for the moons, and then that's pretty much all they can manage. You know that nighttime, actual nighttime, is about, you know, half an hour away at this point, is when you would expect the sun to set, assuming the sun still existed and was on schedule.
4: Hub is telling us to wait until the moons come back up. So maybe, Emren, you should take the opportunity to rest for a little while anyway.
2: Yeah, a nap.
4: Well,
5: most of my bones are broken.
2: What happened?
4: He,
5: he smiles and when he smiles you like see that most of his teeth are kind of like stained with blood from like just how his body got messed up last last time uh, the audience saw him and he just replies to keva he says i got really good at moving boxes
3: i mean okay if you were good at it would your body have broken <laughs>
4: <laughs> he's too good at it oh
2: okay an unhealthy amount of box moving
5: as soon as Emeryn gets back into bed, or like the as much as he can be in the bed because he does not fit. Just sort of, it's not like he wants to go to sleep. It just happens. I
2: wonder how small people used to be because this is like not big enough for the two of them.
0: It's really not. Uh, they look to be about like there's at least half a foot of extra body than can fit on this bed. So you might want to like roll up some stools or some cushions or something to support the feet of uh, Mandukai. And Emran, Uh, Keras fits on the bed like just. And you would guess that most of you would fit on the bed, but it would be uh, it would be a tight fit for those of you who are taller than average
3: all right.' I'll, I'll muster some seats and uh, and make some foot rests uh, extensions for the bed all
0: right. they're very nice. Thanks. I will get started on Keras. okay. Uh, let's roll <laughs> your roll your well okay. so Constance will catch you up on what Karis has been through and start walking you through what needs to be done. So let's roll your crafts for the actual practice of, you know, crafting health out of illness. Okay, that's... is that the same skill rating? What do you mean? You rolled stealth. Whoops, misclicked. Just, want, just wanted to check there. Okay, uh, so with this roll that you got, you, are, you would be able to stabilize Keras much as Mandukai has been stabilized. But not make a lot of progress towards actually fixing all the things
4: that are broken in their body. Mm-hmm. I mean, baby steps. I'll stabilize first to make sure they're out of the death's door.
2: Okay. Kevin's going to ask Constance if she knows what their blood types are to see if she's a match since she has that rare blood type.
0: Right. Uh, Constance ha- tells you what Karis's blood type is, and uh, it's a match with. Well, it's actually a match with Constance. So Constance is just saying, you know, if we've got the tools, I can start the transfusion. Uh, Seeing as Maeve here uh, seems to know what she's doing with all this equipment that I don't really understand.
2: Yeah, Lean taught Maeve medicine.
0: Well, then I'm sure you know what you're doing, too.
2: She does. But um, what about Mandukai?
0: Mandukai is... Constance sort of looks over at Maeve. I, I haven't been treating her, I don't know. But she doesn't look like she's in the best shape. She's
4: stable, and I'm her match. There you go.
0: Oh,
2: okay. Kev kind of looks defeated because that's about all she can do. <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: Mandukai is, you know, she has received enough blood for now to keep her alive. And Karis is being stabilized, and Constance is uh, setting up the transfusion with your help. Uh, as this is happening, you look over and you see that uh, Mandukai Eyes are open, and she's looking at Karis, and she looks up at you when she senses your eyes on her.
2: Mandakai! And Keva kind of like goes over and is like, we brought Karis back.
0: Brought me my storm, she says.
2: Keva kind of gives a little smile.
0: You see that uh, she is trying to move her hand over to Karis's, but she doesn't have the strength.
2: Uh, Kevl will do it for her.
0: She visibly relaxes once she can feel Karis's hands in hers and closes her eyes again and drifts back into unconsciousness.
2: Oh, dang it. Keva was just about to tell Mandakai the good news.
0: I'll have to wait. At about this time, the moons would be coming out and you see a Hub appear a few minutes after the moons come out. And there you go.
2: Hub! Keva like kind of runs over and if Hug had a physical body, Keva would hug them and she kind of like almost starts to, and then she's like, oh wait, yeah, I can't touch you.
0: Hub sort of gives you a a wan smile and they're like, okay, so uh, with that thing gone, it looks like, okay. Remember I told you that whoever installed that thing in here did a bad job? Yes. They've attached it into all the power grids, every part of it. And I don't know, uh, did you see part of the sun broke off?
2: Kevin's kind of silent, kind of like, oh no.
0: Whatever happened with that uh, has caused it to go into some kind of self-repair mode. I don't know, but the... So how they installed it was that they hooked it into all the external solar grids and then brought that energy into that fake sun. And then that fake sun was powering my solar panels, which are only for auxiliary emergency power. So with the sun gone, I can only operate when the moons are out.
2: Do the moons give off the same power as the sun?
0: The moons uh, use reflected light from the real sun. And she sort of gestures, uh, you know, outside. So it, it warms up the panels and gives me some power.
2: Okay. Kevin l- looks pretty guilty and and kind of like licks its own and because he's the only one happens and it happened and is just sort of like yeah. Uh she doesn't feel as happy about what she did now.
3: Yeah. Um huh but what, what what do we need to do?
0: Oh, well. Ha, ha. Yeah, that's a that's a list, isn't it? Uh I don't know how long it's going to take that thing to repair itself or if it even can. So, we got a couple of options. One, we can try and run my power grid back into the main power grid and see if we can, you know, share some of that power. And that would bring me back up to speed. Two, you could, if that's too complicated, try and fix that sun. And then that would get me up and running again. Or three, I need I need some kind of other power source. Well, f- fixing the
3: sun means auditors are back, right? So that... We, we
5: cannot do that. I mean, it would also mean Matt Damon's back, but I I don't know. If we tapped you into the main power grid, would the church be able to see where it was being
0: leached off to? I genuinely do not know how much the church knows, so I can't answer that question for you. Also, I'm um,
5: asleep. I just remembered
0: that. She says in response to Constance. <laughs> definitely
2: no, I, I mean, the person ever, who asked that question. Sh- yeah. Someone would have shaken him awake when Hub appeared.
0: Sure. Fair enough.
2: Um, but Kevin's kind of be gonna be like, um, what about like a power blood transfusion?
0: That's that's what I that's the thing. If you hook me into the main grid.
2: Well, I mean I mean like the ship.
0: The ship does not have enough power to power me. Uh traditionally those ships would come here to recharge.
2: Oh, okay.
0: We had uh, five of those ships on the station. They went in shifts.
3: Hub, can you, if you were to tap into the main grid, could you recharge Matt Damon?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sure.
3: All right, because uh, I ran out of juice, and unfortunately, Matt Damon is among the departed.
0: Well, uh, I'm sure they're in the power-saving mode or whatever the case may be. I wouldn't worry about Matt Damon.
3: Okay, well, I I suggest we, we get you tapped into that grid. The longer the sun's out, the more time we have before the auditors are
2: back on us.
0: All right, so... Uh, I'm gonna go, I guess I will work on finding where you can do that.
2: Uh, kinda like wants to ask Cub. She's like, um, when I was on the ship and I can I kinda connected into the ship and she kind of like lets her hair out actually, and it's like, um, this I connected the ship to Matt Damon and then um we kind of made like this weird like group of us, the that three the, of uh... us.
0: Was that that blending we were thinking about?
2: Yeah. Just, it was weird. I wanted to know if you had any idea about that. Uh,
0: beyond the whole idea that you have that blending ability, that's really all that I know.
2: Okay. So, um, that wouldn't help in this situation, I guess.
0: I, I don't know. I don't I don't see how it would. But it's uh, something you could think about.
2: Okay. Sorry uh, to bother you.
0: No, that's, you know, you, got, you have to remember what I am. This is... This is what brings me happiness in life is helping people. I'm just just right now. There's uh, a lot of a lot of problems. Uh, Maeve, I don't know if you could get your hive to help me with getting the some more rooms ready uh, in the hotel. Right now, the kids are I've got them out in the food court, but uh, I don't know how they would react to seeing a bunch of giant insects cleaning out a room. So maybe we could just get some rooms ready.
4: Sure thing. Great.
0: Okay. I, I have to turn off this avatar for now to save some energy and Hub uh, Winks out of existence again.
2: Maeve, can I borrow one of your less threatening giant insects?
4: Yes, but what do you mean by less threatening?
2: I mean, one that can't hurt kids.
4: If such one exists, sure.
2: I mean, one of those ants would probably work. Yeah, sure. I think we're going to have to like desensitize them to the giant insects like we have
4: that's actually a good plan. Yeah, good idea. Okay,
0: uh, so I guess the ant that was carrying Karis goes with Keva out into the food court. And uh, we'll look at that in a minute. Is there anything else in here that those of you who are awake want to get set up or get moving?
5: Um, is there a panel that, that Emron could conceivably touch to try and see what was happening with the... to see if he can similarly figure out a way to jury rig the main power
0: source jury rig the main power source what do you want to do with that like what do you want to do with it
5: um what i mean what i mean to say is is there a way for Emmon to like reach out feel the the panels that were essentially like i assume guiding or controlling the amount of power that the hub utilized throughout the day Is there a way that I can similarly jury-rig the cables back into the main power grid to help out Hub?
0: Uh, There's no issue with the cables. The cables are all fine. The only issue is that there's not enough power coming in. So like the repairs that you and the insects have been doing over the past couple weeks, like they're holding, they're fine, they're strong. The issue is just that the source of the power is now half of it or more than half of it is now gone. Understood. Okay. Okay. Uh, But if you do reach out and check, you'll see that the panels are now angled towards the moons and are receiving power, not as much as they would get from the fake sun, but uh, there is power coming in, enough to run essential systems, but not really enough to store for the daytime.
5: Are there any other solar panels that I can reach out and feel like on the surface of the station itself and then reroute them to the hub? Am I powerful
0: enough to do that? Uh, You can't reach out to the edge of the station no. Okay. Right now you're, you're sort of limited. You can feel if you really push yourself, which you should not at this moment, uh, you can feel the hub, but uh, it does not appear to be connected to the station in a way that would allow you to stretch that awareness further.
4: Oh, okay. Understood. I would also just like to do another double check on the patients.
0: Okay. You can see that... Like uh, Mandukai is unconscious but slowly recovering. It's going to be a long road and you don't know what the long-term effects are going to be. It's also like she has an entirely different physiology than what you're used to seeing. Karis looks like they will recover now that they're receiving care as long as uh, you and or Constance keep a close eye on them and make sure to, you know, catch any emergencies as they crop up and just do regular care that you would for a patient recovering from this type of traumatic injury.
4: And I'll check on Emrin and my own developing skin condition.
0: Yeah, you've been pretty itchy today. It's been getting worse. must not be a lot of humidity in the hub for some reason. Emrin is not in the best shape. It would really be a good idea for him to rest. And to, you know, probably, you've probably already wrapped up some of those wounds and put one of those compression things around his chest to help with those broken ribs. Like he heals quickly, but he does still need to heal. It's not something that he can uh, brute force his way past. How dare you imply that I cannot heal myself better? <laughs> That's just the way of things.
5: There's actually a stunt that I was looking at that is basically that.
0: Oh yeah. Well, maybe, maybe when you get that one, you'll be able to, but for now... You have to you have to rest and recover. So you are working on that in the medical center. Keva, you have gone out into the food court where you see the caretakers and the 50 kids are out here playing around. Some of them have been making forts out of the, uh, the tables, like knocking them over. They're playing at something or other. They're throwing like balls of dust and feathers at each other. Uh, it doesn't look like the healthiest game, but it's at least keeping them distracted
2: kevin's gonna like go over to one of the caretakers and be like yeah so um this is jeremy <laughs> i i don't know i just decided that, that was the name of this ant i'm sorry brown sugar
4: <laughs> they literally have a new name every day <laughs> uh,
0: so the kids turn and they see uh, a very large dog sized ant standing next to you with its little uh, i guess mandibles Clacking slightly, and its antennae swarming around, and they have mixed reactions. But you could probably help mitigate that with some rapport.
2: <sighs> it always comes back to that.
0: It sure does.
3: Uh, can I join in and try and make it fun for the kiddos?
0: Yes, you can. Which one Huzzah. of you wants to? Which one of you wants to take point on rapport?
2: Let Jason do it because I am so burned.
3: <laughs> okay, I'll uh, reach into my hat bag and grab a uh, clown hat because you know, the kids love that clown hat.
0: Mm-hmm. They do love the circus. Okay, so roll your rapport and you can add a plus one for the assistance from Keva.
3: Okay, that would be a three. I forgot to put the plus one in there.
0: Okay, uh, so the children are initially, probably most of them are pretty horrified by the apparition of this ant. But once you put a clown wig on it and the ant continues to just stand there placidly, and, uh, you know, Kevin introduces it as Jeremy. So it has a name, which they recognize. It helps them sort of calmly approach it. And a couple of the kids start coming over and, like, reaching out to touch the ant. And then sort of scampering away after they touch it and feel its chitinous exterior.
2: Kev is going to try to like with um, zone in like entertaining them. She's going to be like the person that you know how like sometimes it's like this is the funny person and this is the person that's giving you the actual facts. Mm hmm. So she's kind of like, this is Jeremy. He helps clean around here. He belongs to Maeve, who she gathers they've met or at least seen. And, you know, she can, she's trained these giant bugs to help us around here. And, you know, he's like, he does, he and other ants and other bugs do stuff. And she kind of like, then is like, and you know, like Jolly, Jolly is a goat and goats help us pull stuff and give us milk. Well, you know, this ant helps with this stuff, you know,
0: they seem to understand they're, they're still kind of hesitant about it, but after all that they've been through, this is kind of the least horrifying thing that's happened to them in the past few days.
2: Yeah. Kevin can relate.
0: <laughs> yeah. So there, a couple of them are like playing around in between the ants, big legs and stuff. And, and some of the kids still don't want anything to do with it, but uh, you have, Headed off the mass panic that probably would have accompanied them just meeting these insects without having a heads up. So well done.
2: Yay. Are some of the kids that don't like the ant, do they gravitate to Jolly?
0: Is Jolly down here? I don't know. If she is, then yeah, you know, they they are comfortable with and familiar with goats. So if Jolly is there, they would probably go and say hello to her.
2: Yeah, I I imagine that she came with Keva because doing something interesting.
0: Yeah. So with that done, there's not too much more that you as characters can be doing today beyond getting some much needed rest. So I'm going to suggest we move into some downtime for your characters and uh, take a break as players. And when we come back, we'll talk about the time that is passing and what you are doing during that time. So until the next time, all the best.